Hey, hello. Still sober with John Rabin. Here we are, episode 213. If you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. And today in Austin, Texas, it didn't feel as hot as it normally does. And I thought maybe it was because it's the first day of August when I'm recording this. This is going to post on August 3rd, all of two days from now. But we just had the hottest fucking July we've ever had. And I think it's one of those things that uh, you just finally, at some point, um, this is the new normal. It's just going to be warm. This is what I'm used to. Um, that's what I thought. And then I looked at the uh, uh, the weather today. It is actually two to three degrees cooler than it has been. And you can really tell those three degrees. It's 100 degrees today, not 103. And you can really tell the difference. You just can. Or you think that you can. Is it clear to everyone that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about? Like most of the time. It just is. It's just the way it is. Um, I looked at uh, statistics of this uh, podcast, which I do occasionally the uh, pod bean that uh, hosts my podcast. Um, and I hear that there's easier, uh, more accessible uh, websites out there, but you know how you, you get used to doing something and it's like, hey, you know, you can do things easier and it might be a few dollars a month cheaper. I don't give a shit. It's too, you know, you can't change horses in midstream or whatever the fucking stupid saying is. It's a... Uh, uh, I'm already on the boats left the harbor. Uh, fuck my metaphors suck. I'm not changing. This is what I'm doing. This is where I, this is who I am. This is me now. No, this has been me. Been doing this for over four years. I got a month until my 10 year sobriety. And it's one, and, and it's interesting to, to, you know, at some point, if I keep going, I mean, I will with sobriety, but if I keep going with, the, with this, with this podcast, at some point, I'm going to get to where I, I'll be sober longer than I was fucked up. And then you got to ask yourself, are you going to still do a podcast about sobriety? Even though this podcast is really just kind of a, as you're aware a weekly diary excuse for me to not go to an actual meeting and then hopefully be somewhat entertaining and somewhat informative at the bare minimum that keeps you listening week after week. And I appreciate it. So with the statistics of the people who listen week after week, I was shocked to discover that almost a third of the people who listen to this podcast are in the UK that's crazy. Um, it's not crazy. That's great. What it is, is it's kind of, uh, it kind of wakes you up into thinking that, uh, cause I like to fool myself into, into thinking that, Oh, just the only people that really listen to this are people that have met me once. Um, or I went to school with, which there are those people, but 
I haven't met a lot of people from the UK. I'm a huge fan of a lot of the uh, entertainment that uh, music that comes out of there but like actual like one-on-one -on -one meeting people it means that you guys have just kind of naturally discovered me and stayed and uh, appreciate it so i hope man i hope that the uh support that you get in the UK and you know other European countries I hope that there's some kind of support uh, when it comes to rehab and treatment I hope you guys have more access than we do my guess is you probably do because we get little to none you know unless you have 30 grand uh, it's really something I mean it's actually really nothing it's something how we have nothing. Well, I was uh, reminded of this. I was reminded of it recently because um, a friend of the family, of someone in my family, has a drug problem and they were like recently overdosed. And I was contacted by someone close to me asking me about information about the, uh, the rehab I went to, right? Uh, in which I was able to tell them um, the name of the uh, private uh, rehabilitation center. And they were like, oh, it wasn't public? I went, no, 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 it was private. Um, there was a public one, but that was more mandatory uh, due to sentencing run by Travis County. That's not really a rehab program, and nobody goes there voluntarily. That's not a place you can just, hey, can I come in off the street? No, 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 no. You go there instead of, instead of going to county. So that's not the one, but the private one. And I didn't have to pay for it because I got a grant because I was a uh, needle, needle user. And the thing about that is, I said also, the grant program um, was uh, shut down uh, sometime after, afterwards, so probably 2013, 2014, not really sure when, but it was shortly after it was shut down or, deep, or no longer being funded by the uh, state of Texas. So that sucks. But they're going to contact uh, and find out if there's something else, because there might be something else out there. Probably not. But uh, it really, when you hear about stuff like that, it really makes you, uh, it really kind of reinforces that you need to find yourself a form, a, 12, a form of a 12-step program or one similar you know, one of these one of these alternative ones, especially if you live around a city, there's always some place, you know, oh, we're like AA, but we're not AA because, you know, we're all atheists. And we, so we've removed the language that made us feel uncomfortable in the AA program. So it's the same thing, only we've changed the whole higher power thing and any references to God because... <sighs> We don't want to be debating theology when really the only th reason we're here is because we're drug addicts. 
And because we're drug addicts, we think we know more than other people. That's part of being an addict. So one of those organizations, which I'm sure are very solid. <coughs> Boy, I just shit on everything, don't I? But for, no, but seriously, no matter what problem you have, the fact that they're free, whether it be uh, AA or NA or CA or whatever, you know, I'm sure at some point there'll be HSA, Hard Seltzer Anonymous. Because like I've said before, people who get addicted to hard seltzer trying to uh, be in an AA group with other people who drink whiskey. Looking at them kind of side-eyed, you know. Like, I'm sorry, you, you, you were drinking what? Uh, so that's, you know, generations, man. I don't know. But uh, that's got to be e an easier way to do things. Because that sucks. It was also really like, it was real... Um, deja vu because uh, this person who had OD'd checked, him, checked themselves out of the hospital the next day they're like yeah yeah no I, I know I know I'm not supposed to leave but I'm going to um, you can't make me look I know you're concerned I get it I get it I really do but uh, I'm not fucking staying here I totally know that mentality I totally get that was t that was absolutely I was the same way. I, it's like, yeah, I know. It's fucked up. I know I have an issue. I know you're concerned. I get it. But uh, I gotta go. And of course, um, another mem member of my family made a, made a good point, which is you cannot make them get help. You cannot make someone hit bottom like like finally go all right i need to accept help and i'm, I'm gonna get help right now you just can't but what you can do when you get to a certain point that you realize that they have an issue and they need to get help and they're not getting help you need to put them in a situation where they are encouraged to get help because you're no longer enabling them. Once it all becomes clear, you understand, you get to a point where you're like, okay, they're not reaching out to get help yet, but I need to set boundaries and I need to stop enabling behavior. So how do you do, how do, you do that, John? Well. I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of resources on the internet. I would definitely try to search that, but uh, I can help you with a little bit. And this is just based off of you know my own personal experience, also what I've what I've learned in different classes and heard different things, and also what it just sounds right. Um. The big ones are that when it comes to not enabling, number one, don't loan or give them money. And that's going to, that sounds easy. That sounds like, well, yeah, you don't give a, 
alcoholic or a drug addict money. They're going to go buy drugs. They're not going to ask you for money to get drugs. That's not what happens. They don't go, hey, you know, I can't afford my, uh, my habit. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dave's going to be in the neighborhood. And I was wondering, could you spot me a quarter? You know, I need to get a balloon. You got $20 on you? They're not going to do that. And it may not be, can I have some cash? I need to eat something. It may not be even that blatant. It may be something like, oh my God, they're going to cut off my electricity. Can you help me pay for, you know, or, you know, they're going to cut my phone off, um, you know, or uh, this. It's, it's a certain bill. And then giving you the option to pay the, you know, them. No, I don't need cash. You know, aunt or mom or whatever. I don't need cash, but I, 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 need, I need your help. Can you spot me? Can you pay for this bill? That's the same thing as loaning money. Wouldn't you say? Because instead of paying the bill, they're, they're getting you to pay for the bill that they normally would pay. And then the money that they're saving about not paying the bill, because they don't have to pay you right back because you're not a financial institution. So, same thing. Don't give them any financial support whatsoever. Don't buy them food. You can have them come over and you can, you know. I mean, that's a different thing if, if they're, we'll get to that if they're living with you or not. But I'm just saying it's the, it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's like, you know, what you would normally do. I'm not saying don't normally do it. I, I normally would take them out to eat. Yeah, but if you're doing that often, you know, that's, you're enabling them to do that. Um, don't take over any kind of their responsibilities that they're supposed to be doing because they're going through a hard time. So it's like, well, I can, you know, I can help raise their kid or I can, you know, I can do their things that they need to be taking care of as a functioning adult to alleviate some of the stress that they're going through. They're going through a lot. They're trying to, trying to get another job. They lost a job. So, you know, I got to do now. Um, taking over their responsibilities of what they're doing, you're, you're basically giving them the room to fuck off because, you know, life is hard. Life is hard, but you're enabling their behavior by them, you know, by eat, taking stress off of them to allow them to continue to, um, that, that's more time for them to uh, try to make money to uh, get their fix, you know? The, uh, and the other thing is, is that if they get into trouble, like legal trouble, don't bail them out. Don't try to get them out of it, which sucks. You're like, oh no, they're in jail. I gotta get them out of jail. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's not the end of the world to go to jail. I mean, my threat of going to jail, that's, that's ultimately how I finally, 
that that's how I finally got completely sober was I knew I was going to jail and I didn't know for how long. I'm like, well, I guess I'm done. I was done with the drugs. Now I'm done with the alcohol. Now I'm completely done. I am absolutely done. And then you're in jail and it's like, hey, I've got the time to really reinforce this and start forming new habits. I can do it here because I've got no responsibilities and now I'm in jail. It's actually... If it's if you if you do if you do jail the right way, it's a benefit. I'm not saying prison, I'm saying jail. Anyway. But that's the thing is that, like I said earlier, because they might be living with you. You gotta set boundaries. The way you do that is you you set like the, the hard line of you're not going to do any drugs or bring any alcohol or drugs into this house. And if you do, you're out. You have to do this. You have to look for a job. You have to do all these things. If you're not, and if you don't, you're out. There's no three strike system. There's no any kind of thing. You have to set that because that's the thing is that I, it, for me to end up going to rehab to make the decision i had to there had to be a bunch of different things that happened for me to actually do it you know i had to i had to overdose i had to my dad had to find me and save my life so that put him through stress so it put me through you know it hurt me to hurt him and to realize that i hurt him and I had to be threatened with getting kicked out of the house because I was staying with my dad and uh, my stepmom. And stepmom said, unless you get help, you can't be here. So it was all of these things. And it was, it was like, the, like enough things that hit. It's like, okay, do I want to be in control in my brain that and continue to do the things that I'm doing, but also live on the street and burn all my bridges. No, I don't think I'm going to do that. And, uh, and it was, you know, and, and it was one of those things where enough, I had enough of this, you know, sit, um, my loved one's putting, uh, setting boundaries and going, this is it. You've got to do this. And we're not, you know, cutting you off from any kind of help. This is, this is your path. It's kind of like showing the path and then realizing, oh, I should have taken this path one step before. Like I was, like I took one last step in the wrong direction and it was a big fall. And I was like, fuck, I could have just, I could have avoided, I could have been doing this and gotten help and not fallen that, you know, into a bigger hole. But uh, that's how it works. You know, you just wait when it's, oh, shit. I'm not as smart as I think I am. Or if I am, I'm too smart for my own good. Which is what we like to think. We like to think we're too smart for our own good. But uh, who knows? We think we're too smart. It doesn't matter how smart we are. We're too, we think we're smarter than we are. And that's what gets us into trouble. But it worked because they set boundaries. So that's what you do. 
I'm sure there's more details and more heart, and it's going to suck. It's really going to suck, but, uh, you know, you can't force them to get help themselves. You've got to, you, but you've got to, but you can set, like, um, like, uh, like guides to, you know, like in the kitty lane at the bowling alley, you can set up to try to keep them from getting a gutter ball, you know, kind of, you can set up the stuff and go, ah, ah, no. All right. Anyway, that's, that's about what I had. I was, cause I just been thinking about that, you know, thinking about that call this past week and it was, you know, it was weird to hear somebody with the same mentality that I had. I remember the mentality and it was just, it was also, it also kind of sucked to be reminded about how difficult it is to get somebody help. You know, because this person hasn't even accepted help yet. But even if they did, it's like, well, where the fuck are we going to get them help? So. It's tough. It's tough out there. Appreciate it. I know that wasn't, uh, uh, I don't have anything upbeat <laughs> I don't have anything uh, super hilarious. Everything's everything's fine. I just don't have anything um, anything yuck yuck for you guys uh, this week. But it's cool. Appreciate it. Uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com. Um, we will uh, see you next week, right? All right. Later. Back down the earth again The coldest creeper deep inside Disconnect the telephone